Welcome to the Brand Manual, a podcast exploring brand identity and messaging. We talk to business pros who have something to say about how creative strategies fuel their brands. Today's guest is Heath Phillips. He's a property developer and a visionary resort mogul who trains unicorns. This will all make more sense to you as he explains his vision for his property, Cove at Parex. Thanks for tuning in to the Brand Manual Podcast. Hey, Heath. Thanks for joining us today, man. We're so excited and honored that you would take time to talk to us and tell us a lot about Bear X and Barracks and the Cove and all the different uh, awesome kind of brands that you got running. I want to hear all about it. Just thanks for being here, man. Absolutely, brother. Excited for it, man. Honored. Yeah, you, you have a lot of components. I think that's one of the things uh, that stood out to me quickly. I saw a video that you had done. Um, help everybody understand how all of these parts come together and what where it was and then when you guys took over and your vision. Yeah, how does it break down? Yeah, so um, it's probably easiest to um, start with a vacation resort piece of it, even though in the timeline it actually came later. Okay. Um, and so one of the things, that, one of the problems we were trying to overcome were you know, vacations are expensive and they're inconvenient and you have travel arrangements and expenses of hotels and taking off from work. And, and so why don't we create somewhere that people can go on a more regular basis and enjoy being restored weekly instead of, you know, annually, if, if they're lucky. Right. Um, and there really wasn't, you know, grew up in college station. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Certainly mm-hmm. once you get past college age, it's like movie, <laughs> like movies and bowling. And, um, so kind of started um, started down that path of let's create something that people can come to. So um, so we have that and it's partially complete. There's uh, four different you know outlets, different venues in it, and um, we have the pool and day club day club uh, completed. Um, so there's that piece of it. The other thing that kind of ties into it, which really complicated a lot of uh, the marketing and branding, was you know, it's open to the general public. Um, but where we originally started was doing real estate development and student housing. And so, yeah. um, you know, we have, uh, it's 174 acre, uh, development with about 850, uh, houses, which is close to about 3000 residents. Um, and it's, you know, student housing focused. Um, and we sell those to investors and we do the ongoing, property management. So we lease it, we take care of maintenance for them, um, do all the marketing and, you know, basically just send the investors a, you know, a check of uh, the difference. Um, so kind of hands off for them. Um, and then we also sell to parents of students. Um, so if they don't want to waste money on rent, you know, rent out and buy a town home, rent out the other rooms to your friend's kids and helps pay for college. Um, right. so, those are tied together in that as we started doing the real estate development uh, and the townhomes, you know, you see all the student housing communities and they all have amenity centers and um, it's like, but they don't actually generate any revenue. And that didn't really make a whole lot of sense for me of like, you're going to spend like five, six million bucks on a pool in this clubhouse. And it doesn't actually generate any revenue. It just helps you get leases and everybody has to have one. 
Right. Um, wait, wait. And, can I, I'd like you to yeah, unpack yeah. that a little bit. Um, everybody has to have one. So it's a different day. <laughs> what what the college what a college student expects out of their housing experience uh, for those four years is fundamentally different than you know. I'm an old fart, but like 25 years ago. This was this was not a thing. We were not comparing necessarily amenities, yeah, right. and it was like, oh my god, they they actually have Wi Fi. That's that's fantastic. So right. it's the the game has leveled up. Can you kind of absolutely? I mean, it, it's wild. I mean, and th- this being a college town, it's for those who are maybe outside of this region, it's it's like an arms race for for amenities. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's actually. Um relatively normal for me now, you know, kind of over the years. And, um, originally I, I was even leasing apartments back in, you know, kind of mid two thousands and working at the fire department and leasing town or leasing apartments on my days off. And that's really where that kind of started becoming normal was, you know, the pools and, uh, fitness centers and the study rooms and clubhouse and all that. So it's kind of, normalized now but yeah 100 percent. i mean it's completely if, if you haven't looked into any student housing in the last 15 years it's a completely different yeah uh, environment well, for sure so then the next the next natural iteration is that every apartment complex is going to have uh, a surfing component to it or uh <laughs> they, be- they become resorts they become yeah. a resort but yeah. that's that's what you're doing is you're driving up that competition right yeah so it was one of the easiest ways for us to um, to be successful was how do we not really compete uh, or at least compete on a different plane by either having mm-hmm. a different product. Um, and, and so the townhomes versus apartments is a completely different product with yeah, different yeah. value propositions that's made us really successful. You know, you have more space, you have this two hour firewall backyard for pets, you have private parking, um, just a different quality of life. Right, and so it was kind of this, the same thing with Bear, the Bear X Vacation Resort. Of well, if this is gonna be open to general public, let's spend what more than you know five or six million dollars. Let's do something that is gonna excite people within the region and not just even within the community or the city. Um, and then we're no longer competing of like, well, I got a swimming pool and some tanning <laughs> beds, like you know, we got right. a, yeah, a surf machine, okay, wakeboarding park, VIP bungalows, swim up bar, beer garden, craft beer and pizza concept, cafe a restaurant and bar we want to put in a recording studio and you know private event space and so it's like you start adding all this stuff together which really just some of the like my favorite things in life right just right. bring them all in one one location and uh and it'll be awesome so man it's like disney that's disneyland kinda, over there yeah, well for, for adults, a certain a certain absolutely. version a college <laughs> a student kind of yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <right>. yeah <laughs> yeah and, how, and, did, and, how did you come up with the idea man it really just evolved. It was, um, you just start dreaming. There was a problem. Uh, we started laying out the retention ponds and they took up like 13 acres. And I was like, Ooh, that's a lot of land that I just bought. And how can we maximize that? Mm-hmm. And so it started off with cable wakeboarding and didn't know anything about cable wakeboarding. You start exploring it. And then I was like, all right, well, what else would people enjoy? Yeah, that's uh, cool. What do I enjoy? And you'd start, and I've explored every, everything you could imagine um, that you could bring together, you know, and landed where we're at. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Which may, and it, one of the hardest problems is being open to the general public is we're, but we're in student housing. And yes. so they see, 
they, and everybody just knows we're trained, certainly in a college town, you see a pool. Um, and it's like, that's our amenity center. That's for residents only. Um, and, and so having to have some really intentional intentionality with the messaging of here's who we are or what we are and who we're for, um, to where it, it took us a while to get people comfortable um, going like, well, I'm anywhere from the age of 25 to 65. And it's like, no, this, this is for you. College kids have 20 other pools in town where they can, you know, roll a cooler full of Keystone into and drink underage. Yes. It's like, we're a completely different vibe. This is a, you know, it's a high end, um, resort style pool and right. day club and we have TVC licenses. We got, you know, there's vibe protectors, security and, yeah. um, and making sure that, we deliver something completely different. So in, in my world, I would call that you, you have a messaging barrier. Um, there's, there's a propensity towards misman- mis messaging, right? That you're in a college town, you have this really cool, fun event. Uh, it takes a certain level of, uh, athleticism to do some of the things in the park. Like, uh, but what your target is, what you're really providing is an environment for, uh, young professionals and married people and married with kids and up. Right. So what are some of the, what are some of the tools that you're using to kind of overcome some of that message barrier? Yeah. So, um, really one of them, the a really helpful book, uh, was story brand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. is it my story brand or just story brand, um, or building a story brand. Yeah. And, um, it just talks about, um, you know, coming alongside your customer and being the guide and mm-hmm. making them the hero. And really it's like, what, what do people want? Right. And people want to enjoy life. And it's like, there's all the stressors and everything. And they just like, they look forward to vacations. They plan them years in advance. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and so why don't we create an opportunity for people to come be restored and build relationships with, you know, family and friends create some memories on a more regular basis. And, yeah. um, and if we're, yeah, if we're spreading joy and, and everything, we're able to fulfill our mission. Yeah. So, um, also maybe those who aren't in this community, they may not understand that there is a built in tension, possibly a mental resistance to the idea that, you know, I've got three young kids. I'm not going into a place that has that many college students, right? There's, it's not, there's not antagonism or, or any sort of, um, I don't know, hatred Sometimes of students. There's antagonism. It's, but <laughs> the locals and the townies, right? There's a sense of, oh my God, here come the college kids again. Um, and they're swarming and now I can't get a table at wherever I want to eat. And you're telling me that I'm going to come into this environment and it's in proximity to student housing. Um, I know that, you know, if you just mentioned story brand, you're, you're constantly trying to think about how does, how do you communicate? This is for me. No, this is for me. Um, and, and, and they've created something that's uniquely for me. Right. And so how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? You know, a lot of it is um, some of the stuff we've done is we've reached out to different um, organizations that have our oh, target good. demographic, yeah. um, you know, and so pointing it out to, um, you know, military, the fire department, the police department, um, uh, entrepreneur health, groups, health, yeah, entrepreneur groups, healthcare professionals, um, BCS sitters, 
Um, you know, it's like, there's all these That's moms great. that have a connection with babysitters. Like we, you can get a babysitter really easily. This has been used for us. And so, and then once people start coming out, um, and they realize that, then their response of like, this place is a college station. Yeah. This is for us. And then they start telling all their friends and like, I always thought that it was, um, you know, yeah. for college students. And, yeah. and it, it, it took a lot of time, you know, cause like I always thought if you build it, they will come. It's like, eh, that's not true at all. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of the barriers. And so, um, you know, when we first opened, this is we're in our third, uh, third summer season right now. And the first time, the first year we opened, it was like, it's 10% of what I thought we were going to have, you know? And I was like, I really? just, I just okay. bet everything I got on the fact that people are going to love this and didn't realize like, Hey man, it, it takes time to overcome all, there's all these barriers that exist. Right. We got to start overcoming those. And through, once we got our messaging right and everything last year, then it's been, um, you know, more than 120% increase just since last season. Oh, um, and so it's, great. It's, it's, it's been, been really cool. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Heath, tell us about some of the early hurdles that you experienced. Uh, you mentioned that you're overcoming brand, um, some barriers there with the message, but, um, you know, most entrepreneurs, um, we all entrepreneurs definitely understand that early on there's some crisis moments and it feels like, Oh my gosh, I've put everything on this. I'm everything's writing on it and yeah. it's not going well. Did you guys experience anything like that or has it been success built on the next success? We've had slightly more success and we've had failures and we've had massive amounts of both. Okay. Um, yeah. So originally the, I started dreaming about this back in 2010 when I still worked at the college station fire department. I was just building some houses on my days off and um, you know, it was much easier uh, to be able to create something that hasn't been created when it's just on paper, you know, but actually bringing that to life was extremely difficult. And um, you know, the venue's still not hundred percent complete with, you know, all the in, inside uh, outlets completed, but, um, and we're years behind what we originally okay. thought, you know, it was like end of the summer of like 2015. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm really far behind, which actually drove me into a, a pretty uh, dark place in life because, um, you know, my character started being called into question and like what my intentions were. And that I was like, you know, he's, he's selling this dream to just sell a bunch of houses and he has no intentions of it or uh, of wow. creating the vacation resort. And, um, which, you know, like I said, led me to a dark place and it was through a really cool, um, you know, testimony how God really pulled me out of that and showed me, um, one, who he is and who I am, um, in him. And then to the, the purpose that he has, um, right. for our organization and in my life. And, and that's to share who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the vision that he's given us is we're really to be, um, a light in the world's darkness. We're operating mm -hmm. in a, uh, you know, in an environment where they serve alcohol and there's, you know, people in bathing suits and, um, really just called to be a bridge for the, the lost to be found. And, um, we're to meet people where they're at. We don't right. judge them for the decisions that, they're making as long as you know it's legal and they're operating within our rules and just right. to serve and to love people and whenever whenever they ask it's like, you know hey this, this place feels different there's something going on here that i don't feel at the other venues that you know i go to and your staff treats me different it's like what what is that they, answer and it's, they really um, do by the way 
They re- you really get that sense when well, you walk in those that, doors. That led me to this thought, which is a whole lot of that depends on your staff and training people the way you want them um, to execute that vision that you have, right? So, yeah, you're in a world of bikinis and beer, but this isn't like everywhere else where those where those variables typically are at play. Right. So how are you training your staff that way? And Absolutely. It, so... Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was just saying, how do they catch your heartbeat? Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot of it's through um, through the vision and then our core values, um, and being able to share one where our core values came from um, and why they're important, and how we look through that lens. It's like this is the the lens that we see the world. And if you can paint that picture, and it's like when we run in these situations, we want you to look through that lens and, and one, you got to hire people that value what you value. And, you know, yeah. you think about like the definition of what is my definition of a core value. It's like, which, what you value at your core. It's how you're wired and that starts with the leader. And then it's my job to be able to share that, those values and find those people that really resonate with it. And when they start clicking, it's like, all right, this is our guy or girl. And, um, when you get the right people that value what you do. How hard has it been to find those people or to build those people? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it, it was miserable for a long time because I didn't, I didn't realize that, hey, this is the lens that people need to be looking through. I need to find other people that have this same lens because if not, if they're looking through a different lens and we're going in different directions mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and you're constantly having to circle back going, I thought we were going this way. And they're like, yeah, I still want to go that way. Um, and so that was really painful, but once you find the right people, you know, that they value what you, what you value and that, um, that you can trust that their intentions are good. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's sufficient amount of grace for screw ups and failures and, and everything else. Cause like, well, I made that decision based on this value or the vision because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, all right, great. Let's, let's dive deeper into that. Right. Um, and so that's, that's been a beautiful thing when. You, you're never perfect, but you, you got people that give a crap about what you give a crap about. Right. That's, yeah. That's, awesome. that's crazy. That's good. That's real good. Uh, so tell me about um, just in your own marketing, right? Uh, you have some of these natural uh, mental barriers, but... Um, those are being overcome. Those are being overcome. Yeah. So you don't have a particularly noisy market. There's not competition there for other three other things like you right um right but what are what are some kind of like your super businessy mindset of how do you how what kind of things are you having to overcome in marketing um i think you know one of those is um everybody has some level of insecurity um and trying to get people just to encourage people to realize that, Hey, like you're just being deceived right now. Um, and you know, don't listen to the devil that's on your shoulders saying, you know, you don't have the body that you used to and you shouldn't be in a bathing suit or there's just a bunch of beautiful people there and you're going to be standing out or you're too old. It's like what, once you hit 40 years old, like, you know, plunging, plunging underwater in a, you know, a nice pool, like doesn't feel good anymore. It's like, that's, that's not the case, you know? (laughs) Um, and so trying to point that stuff out is I think another hurdle that we, um, try to be intentional about. Right. Um, just kind of the internal uh, baggage that everybody has. 
yeah, there is that absolutely. natural barrier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's really easy, certainly in that college town, to go. A place is just full of you know young, fit, attractive people. It's like you come out here, man. It's it's that's not the case. That's not um, that's not what we're about. We're more inclusive than we are um, exclusive. Yeah. Um, and through our you know our messaging, like I said, it's not it's not real noisy. Um, I mean, I think it's more it's more of an internal noise than an external noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of our messaging, it's, we want to be connective. We want to be humorous or mm-hmm. authentic or, mm-hmm. you know, or all three of them together. And if we could do that, then people, they get us. Yeah. I saw on your video, um, I don't know, it was just through the shop, some coming through. Uh, you talked about uh, something about unicorns when you were describing who your staff is. Do you remember this? Yeah. Um, what What is that about? So one of our one of our core values is to uh, to be a unicorn. Okay. Um, and really, what that means to me is that um, you know we're we're all created differently, and we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And um, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and um, you know empower our people and their strengths and help them identify what their weaknesses are and just have self-awareness about it. And, you know, we can improve on those. Um, and so it's trying to just really help people realize who they are and, um, and why that's good. That's cool. Do your people really connect with that? Yeah. Good. Yeah. That, that one's an easy, uh, (laughs) one of the easier like core values that like people talk about and, it's easy to, you know, to express through, you know, how you, how they dress or, you know, right. Yeah. You find all I'm, kinds of cool unicorns. I'm not stuff. being my authentic unicorn self today. Just That's right. basically phoning it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I expect more unicorn out of you, Tim. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, me too. Uh, aside from possibly a recording studio, what other things are on your horizon that you're really excited about? That you're talking about all the time. Um, one, completing the vacation resort mm-hmm. more faces. <laughs> which that's right yeah so um so right now we're um uh, we're looking at bringing on the next phase by next season which would be um the coffee lounge and cafe um the atrium and then the pro shop so we can actually start entering for the the cove which is the pool and day club through the building um and then being able to serve food out uh, out of the pool would be really awesome so pretty nice um yeah, so we're just excited about continuing that progression um, and being able to to offer more. Um, the other thing too that we're doing right now is uh, we're going into San Marcos and Denton. Um, okay. We got some contracts on some uh, tracks of land there to replicate the um, the townhomes piece of okay. it because again, that's a different differentiated product compared to uh, what's in those markets. And uh, we won't be replicating the vacation resort piece of it until we finish the first Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Boy, Denton is blowing up. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So we've started asking um, our interviewees that are in the, uh, the, the consumer services about just the craziest kinds of stories. So, if you were a restaurant, we've been collecting stories from uh, the restaurant industry and like what's what's going on really in the kitchen. Like, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Um, I'm not sure that the Cove has crazy stories, but I kind of suspect they probably do. 
Is there any sort of super crazy story that you could share with us? Well, and keep in mind, uh, he's trying to attract young families. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll cut that out if it's too wild. Uh, huh? Yeah. Um, man, it's one of the things that, um, that we like to do is, you know, what we want to do is create an irrational loyalty um, with our guests and um, we can really do that through, you know, through our, our messaging in, in different, different ways. And, um, and so we have some pretty cool signage and just in different messages. But one of the things that, and so when you have a, a core value, like be a unicorn, there's not a whole lot of things that you, you, you know, take off the table when we're like, how do we really connect with people? And so we did this, um, promotional video and, uh, it was like before we had uh, really opened and I was like, you know, it'd be really funny is let's bring in some different kinds of animals because you don't really expect to see animals in a, you know, in a pool. And so I called my old, in my high school ag teacher, I'm like, Hey man, I need like a llama, I need a miniature donkey and like anything else that you need and, or anything else you, you know, you think you can get a hold of. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. And so he ends up like pretty short notice coming through on, uh, on this. And, um, so we had a miniature donkey and this llama, uh, that was there at this video shoot and we hadn't hired, uh, probably 30 different, you know, they call them models, uh, but just people. And I was like, call your friends, y'all come up here. We're just shooting a video. It'll be fun. We're gonna make you famous. We didn't really you know, pay them or anything. Well, like, you guys act like you're drinking, you know, and we weren't really specific, like, don't drink but right. it's a pretty long yeah, video shoot we weren't really paying attention i'm talking with the directors and the you know ph- photographers i'm trying to deal with these you know animals animals right. that are you know they have pooping on the turf and everything else yeah. and so not paying attention then before you know it about three quarters of them are just drunk you know and so you're trying to like direct all these people and it's just like herding cats you oh, know okay. and just like so the did, people become more here? of a problem than the animals absolutely yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, they they went from being an actor to just enjoying the venue, you know, and as before we ever had any people in there and it's just like, um, that didn't unfold exactly how we wanted to, but you you can see part of it. Um, you know, we paid, paid this one kid 20 bucks to let the, uh, you know, let the llama spit in his face. And so it's like, you know, when they're not happy, they, they spit. So, wow. Um, so there, there's some interesting memories that, that's great. And you have, you have a llama That's and a miniature donkey up there. It's pretty great when you know a guy. I got a llama guy. Yeah, I got a guy. I got That's a right. guy. Mm-hmm. You need a small donkey? I got a guy. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, Heath, man, thank you for thank you for your time. Like I said, um, yeah, it's man, been great. I love what you guys are doing out there. I think it's so exciting. I, I think it's it, exciting man. for our community. I think it's also exciting just kind of for the industry. I think it's cool. Thanks, man. Me too. I really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and actually, as a result of this, I'm actually going to go out there. I've I've never been, so this You're gonna, this sounded pretty great. Yeah, and I think it, I've seen Mark in a bathing suit about three times in my whole life. So right, right, that's a big deal. come on, man. Let's do it, dude. It sounds great. You sounds got a, great. You got about a gallon and a half of sunscreen. Yep, Mark's on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we got you covered, bro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, well, appreciate it, man. We'll Thanks, talk guys. soon. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Brand Manual Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd be super grateful if you shared. You can find the other episodes on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We'll see you next time on the Brand Manual Podcast.